Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio. The show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so as you can hear, I'm a little bit under the weather. Uh, I don't sound my typical radio voice. Actually, I sound more sexy, don't I, Dennis? Sexy is the proper uh, word? Let's not, I'm not going to quite go Okay, there. all right, whatever you say. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm being challenged a little bit here, uh, you know, because I, I got picked up some bug at a big diving event I was at last week. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're moving a little slow. I'm not flying. I'm not on drugs though. I, I, I'm not on, I'm just trying to kind of muscle through right now. So we'll see how the voice holds up. But uh, you might have to jump in there and save me a little bit. But you're a flight instructor, so you got that base covered. I, I don't can you, take Dennis? the controls. Yeah, I'll just okay. Yeah. All right. But anyway, we do have a lot to talk about because I, I did have my hands full at that uh, event. It was a diving event for our other show, Scuba Radio, and unfortunately, it kept me from doing a little. I don't know coverage of a, a major aviation event that you went to cover so you you met me in orlando at the at this dema show and then you spent a day there and we kind of touched base a little bit and then you headed over to the land for the well formerly known as the light sport expo in uh in the land now it's the what whatever they the call Deland it sport aircraft expo or showcase okay that's much easier to say <laughs> yeah well the Deland Showcase, is a, it probably rolls off the tongue a little easier than Light Sport Expo. And, right. And we'll go with that. Yeah. Well, I think they want to kind of broaden their horizons, not just to keep it to Light Sport. You think that's what it was? Maybe. Yeah, it was definitely more than just Light Sport, although that was the emphasis was uh, you know largely on powered parachutes and gliders and two-seat trainers and uh, you know some of the smaller side of general aviation, the stuff that you and I are, are very interested in. Right. I mean, and they, they actually, uh, they put on a really good event. I've been to it in the past and, you know, obviously it's not, you know, a massive event like sun and fun or, or, uh, you know, air venture or anything like that, but, but they really do zero in on, uh, some cool, well, local flying options that we have here in Orlando. Like for instance, uh, you know, uh, those seaplane things, what are, what are, what are, I guess they're just seaplanes. What are those? Well, yeah, there was several different amphibs out there, the sea ray and, you know, and some of these others that we've seen at Oshkosh, but then, uh, air cam is actually based, uh, you know, here in Florida as well. So, uh, air cam had brought over one of their, uh, um, air cam amphibs, which, I, I looked at that and went, you know what, Greg, maybe you're going to have to temper your wants on the caravan. And this is probably something that's more achievable for you. Why do you say a two, this? A two seat open cockpit twin engine float plane. It's perfect. I say you that would take be, your dive buddy. that would be my second tank. plane though. That'd be a second plane. That's kind of oh, like yeah. having a sports car, uh, with your main, you know, uh, vehicle. You know what I mean? Right. But the way I see this, Greg, we get you into the air cam now. And then you can work your way up to the bigger car. Otherwise, you're going to be waiting forever to get the 
caravan and never get a chance to get out. There. Okay. Well, so go get I'm one trying, and I'll hop yeah. in with you. I'm, I'm game. Hey, and the new air cams now have up to three seats. So you can bring two dive buddies. Really? Yeah. They've put a third seat in them now. But it's and open they, cockpit. They a, so you're flying around like uh, you got a convertible or something, right? You got a bugs in your teeth. It's got a, that's part of the well, joy got a, of it. Uh, they got a shield. You, you can wear a face oh, shield. They do have a little sport windshield or you can put your helmet on uh, just like on a motorcycle. Yeah, or you can stick your head out the side like a dog and open up your mouth and see how many bugs you can catch, I guess. But no, the idea with those air cams. Yeah. The <laughs> the idea though is is these planes are perfect for doing uh, aerial aviation photography and video, right? Right. That, that's but, and they're also designed to be reliable into remote areas. It was originally designed for doing some documentary filming out over Africa where uh, having a single engine failure uh, in the bush is really not an option for them. So this was designed to give them that little extra redundancy to be able to get back uh, if something were to go sideways. Hmm. Like, so what are the features that give them that uh, extra, you know, peace of mind? Well, two engines for one, okay, um, rear, you know, rear mounted and they run standard av, you know, standard car gas instead of requiring av gas. They're, you know, dead simple Rotax engines. So there's just a lot less to go wrong with them in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, you're you're thinking we got to get one of those. What else did you see there in Deland that caught your eye there, Dennis? Well, uh, you know, if you decide that you're you're not going to get back into the uh, the flight training mode, maybe we just look at getting you an ultralight. You don't need a license to fly it. You don't need a medical to fly it. And I saw a really cute little airplane for you. And I say cute because you take a look at it and it looks like it needs to go meep, meep. You know, it's just really? this little tiny single seat ultralight. Uh, it's called the Merlin PSA, the personal sport aircraft. And they are putting a new engine on it now because Rotax has stopped building their smaller two-stroke uh, engines. Mm-hmm. So they are now putting a V-twin. So for all of you Harley guys out there, here's the way to, to have the Harley but still be able to fly. It's going to have a V-twin with a propeller reduction unit to get the RPMs down to drive that prop. And they're looking at uh, incorporating some hybrid, uh, so battery uh, boosting technology as well, into that power reduction. So it'll have some battery, which will help with uh, takeoff and climb. Or you could even shut the gas engine off and run on electric for a short period of time. Hmm. So very interesting. And they're also proposing integrating remote flight capability with it so it could be a full-size drone or your flight instructor can be on the ground with a handheld controller like uh like your rc airplane to help teach the student the very interesting way to handle you know flight training yeah it's going to be single seat but your instructor's right there following along on the controls from the ground interesting so they literally could be sitting down there at the airport at the runway having you do go rounds and uh, stop and goes or something like that. And when you're coming into landing uh, and the instructor sees you coming in, oh, he's coming in too uh, quick or he's going to he's gonna round out too late. I got to pull the controls from him. They're saying yes. they can they can have that built into the the function of that, this aircraft. That's what they're they, one of the things that they're showing in the sales brochure. Hmm. I think that looks so cool. So is this ideally uh, just a trainer or is it just a fun type of aircraft it's, that you just fly around solo 
Yeah, it's going to, it's more going to be a fun aircraft. I really don't see uh, flight training being really practical with the instructor not being able to sit next to you and be able to demonstrate. But what does it, it look like? Is this low wing or high wing aircraft? It's a high wing. It looks like a, a shrunken down Cessna 150. Hmm. Okay. Then you it, sit in the middle of it. So it's kind of like a Piper Cub style fuselage where, you know, you got a door on either side that can open up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you sit in the middle of the plane and the engine up front, high wing, fixed gear, very simple. Yeah. Um, and looks to be, you know, affordable as well. How I mean, much? All things considered. Uh, they were, uh, I saw a price on the side of the plane of about $30,000 to build it and you can do it in about two weeks. Wow. 30 G's for a brand new aircraft, but you have to build it. It's one of those kit plane type deals. Some assembly required. It looks yeah, like, yeah. but there, there will be some options according to their, their brochures and for the sales rep that they will have factory, uh, built options available. Were they making so, a lot of uh, noise there at the show? Were people noticing this new aircraft you, that you saw or what? They might have had I been there earlier in the week. Uh, unfortunately, I came down to Florida and uh, on, by Saturday, the temperatures had come down. As you well. brought the weather from Minnesota down with you, you rat bastard. That's yeah, probably you know, why I'm feeling the way it. I am right now. Probably. You, yeah, you. But it, I, fo- I find it hilarious coming from Minnesota. I'm walking around in a hoodie and a, and a pair of jeans. And all the natives are in their winter coats and scarves and hats and mitts and looking just absolutely miserable. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, when I went to the show where we uh, we met, uh, I forgot my jacket. So I did not have a jacket. So, yeah, it cooled off in Orlando. Maybe that's why I'm feeling like this or, you know, sounding like this today. I don't know. No, we showed up for the show. It was 75 degrees out. And, you know, on Friday when we went to the show, it was overcast and the temperatures just continued to, dr- to drop and we never saw any sun the whole time we were in, in uh, Orlando. Yeah, so it was your fault. You brought the uh, weather with I brought you. brought it with. You. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so I'm assuming there's some other things that you saw there in uh, Deland. Am I right? I, I did. It was, you know, the part I liked about the Deland Expo and why I would go back to it again is the scale of it is so much smaller than you know, like you mentioned, a sun and fun or an air venture. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually even smaller than, than the AOPA fly-ins, which means you can get to spend a lot more one-on-one time with these vendors if you want. Yeah, quality. Uh, you're not time. having to right. fight the crowds. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we had uh, Avidine was actually one of the exhibitors uh, in the tent, and I had a great time uh, talking with Dale, the the regional sales rep for Avidine, talking about what's new and just how things are working with Avidine and. It was nice. Yeah, well, keep that in mind. If you have one of these events in your backyard, sometimes you get a heck of a lot done, uh, even more so than some of the bigger events. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. About this time, someone is telling you to get on the plane. Get on the plane, get on the plane. I say, Ah! you, I'm getting in the plane. In the plane. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'll be in here with you folks in uniform. I be flying high, yeah, I be flying high. Shawty, I be flying high. Yeah, I be flying high, shawty, I be flying high It take long to get this fly If you ain't up on my level, this a piece, don't reply Bye. This is Just Plane Radio, Gregor Copilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis Navigating the latest aviation news and information I did just get a text from someone listening who said uh, Wow, Greg, you sound way better than normal <laughs> You should be sick more often Thank you for your support You know, that's why we're here uh to try to make our for passengers happy yeah we're here for your amusement all right so look we've covered the uh delan expo uh pretty well and i'm glad you got out there and and represented the crew accordingly there uh, uh dennis but there has been some other big news that we have to uh, navigate through that uh, when i first got the text about mooney by the way i was like uh-oh dennis what are you gonna do now and I'm you know, keep flying. <laughs> yeah, well, evidently, but yeah, I, I was a little worried. But you, you didn't seem to be uh, too worked up about this announcement Mooney made to cease production. Is that right? Well, and and I think it's more of a lack of announcement. Uh, basically, they they shuttered the factory, and the message on the answering machine is there's nobody here to respond to your messages. Uh, so there's the whole lot of unknown right now going on, and mm-hmm. you know our. Our hearts go out to the hardworking folks at Mooney because, you know, just two weeks before Thanksgiving, the, the factory shut down and these people are out of work with uh, and have no idea if they're, if they're going to reopen the factory, if it's just a temporary shutdown or if this is going to be permanent. Yeah, uh, We really don't know. But 
I mean, if you look at their numbers, it's it's not hard to to figure out why. I mean, fourteen airplanes delivered last year, and I think only eight so far this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's obviously not a real sustainable run rate if you're trying to uh, keep a factory open and salaries paid. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, no one wants to see anybody shut down. So I'm hoping somebody can at least come in there and do something and pick it back up or incorporated into some other you know aircraft line or something because they, they got good product they really do well, the, the planes that we people. saw yeah i am great yeah. you're right people of course and it's the people that they need with those skills that could be put to to use you know building air you know drones for other companies perhaps you know take some of the excess factory capacity so i think there's potential there yeah uh you know and besides there's a ten thousand airplane fleet of moonies uh of various vintages and they all need parts. Well, so, exactly. And that was my uh, question to you. Like, hey, what are you going to do? You have your Mooney 201. I mean, they've shut down the factory. Will you be able to get parts? And you said, well, they don't actually even make the parts much anymore themselves or something. Is that right? Well, that's typical of all airplanes. I mean, Cessna, when they make a 172, they don't actually make the engine. They get it from a different division of Textron, which is Lycoming or you know, in the case of Mooney, they get theirs from Continental, so they don't actually make the engine. So if you need engine parts, you can go to Continental directly. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't manufacture things like the uh, the propeller levers and the, uh, you know, mixture knobs and stuff like that. Those are made by other companies, and they just bring them into their specs. So I should be able to go to McFarlane um, and get a custom throttle cable made if I need it. You know, not that we've ever had a problem with a, a mixture cable falling out of the airplane before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so things like that, I mean, there are third parties are out there. There's PMA replacements and, and, uh, you know, worst case I can do owner produced parts in many cases. Yeah. Well, as a Mooniac, which we've talked about, uh, this group, a very passionate group before on just plain radio, uh, have you heard or seen any scuttlebutt online about how everybody's reacting to this or what? Well, uh, I think it probably hit the Mooney space website, uh, before it ever hit the local Kerrville newspaper that they knew what was going on. The, the Mooney owners tend to be very tight knit and very in touch. And yeah, yeah. At, at last look, the, the thread about the factory shutdown was up to 22 pages long. So everybody's yeah. got their opinions and what they should do to fix it and how it's going to impact them. But overall, the consensus of, uh, amongst all of us Mooney owners is this has happened before. It'll probably happen again. Mm-hmm. And we'll also continue to thrive through it. Although this time around with, you know, we don't have a, another Chinese investor to come in and buy it up. So, you know, there's going to be some uncertainty there of what they're going to wind up doing. But eventually somebody's going to wind up buying the type certificate and the tooling and, yeah. you know, something will wind up happening. There's definitely some value there. There's no question about that. So matter of how long it takes to get that resolved or, like you said, a new investor or they restructure things a little bit, I, I would I'd be uh, shocked to think that they'll go away permanently i think this might be just a temporary thing that's just my gut and, and knowing what they've done in the past you think are you with me on that i'm keeping my fingers crossed like i said i've got a little bit of a soft spot for mooney being right. you know one being an owner but i've been flying a mooney airplane you know since uh since my kids were well since austin was a baby it was that was one of the first planes he flew in with me yeah so you know we've been around them for quite a while and they're an amazing airplane they're very rugged well built and perform i mean from a miles per gallon standpoint and and speed you can't touch a mooney yeah well what do they what do they say the the only thing you can count on changing is change or something like that i yeah that this 
Uh, something along that line. I think Death I've got taxes, maybe. Yeah, maybe that. <laughs> so well, you you just got to roll with it. And unfortunately, they're not the only ones coming into the end of the year that we're seeing uh, this kind of announcement. Uh, we we also saw an update from what Trade Plane, right? Yeah, uh, and I'm not sure how to take this. I mean, there's been a lot of spin in the uh, aviation, um, you know, newsletters and whatnot about uh, Trade Plane is going all digital. Um, of course, the uh, the other side of that is well, that also means we don't have the analog paper anymore. And as far as you know, my I go back quite a ways with flying. There's always been a Trade Plane on the coffee table at the FBO, mm-hmm. and the fact that we're not going to have that now. What does that mean for aviation? I mean, the things that we have grown up and ha- always had around and can always could count on, we could always pick up a trade of plane and thumb through and dream about that next airplane. And if you needed to do price shopping, say, you know, your mechanic tells you you need something, you could whip open a copy of trade of plane and flip through an ad and find something right then and there. Sure, we can all go and Google things now, but there is still something, you know, kind of, you know, having that tangible yellow magazine sitting on the table to be able to thumb through that I think is going to be sorely missed within the industry. Well, I think that what you just uh, illustrated very, uh, very well or articulated was that you're old. You need to ask well, yeah. your son, Austin, <laughs> like, uh, does he miss having uh, you know, a hard copy of trade of plane? Cause yeah, everybody's doing this on their phone now. And they, you know, that's, it's not necessarily trade of planes fault in that regard. This is kind of a print issue versus the internet it sounds like to me but they're not going out of business or nothing they're just making it all online now so it's probably going to be way more efficient and hopefully they'll uh, take some of the savings they uh, you know get from not burning up as many trees and uh, putting it into more content maybe selling more planes or something we, we can hope that way right uh, i certainly can i mean i'll admit that i used trade of planes online uh, search capability to find my mooney because it was easier well evidently more people were doing that instead of the you know the tangible magazine version so uh, i think they'll be fine all right more coming up on just plane radio Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm going to fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're going to fly high without fear, you're going to have to learn to love the atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right, so we got this other story that's uh, from the left coast. And uh, what it's FLOAT. Is it an acronym for something or what, Dennis? It is. It's called FLOAT, Fly Over All Traffic. Okay. And you know how wonderful the traffic is in LA and San Diego, if you've ever been out there. Yeah. Uh, the four, the, what is it? The 405 is the world's greatest parking lot or something like that. I've heard of this nightmare. Yes. Yes. It's a lot like your I-4 in Orlando. Right. We have its redheaded stepchild here in Orlando with I-4. You are correct. So Float uh, is a startup operation that's going to start in uh, in January, flying from these smaller airports in in, uh, in San Diego two destinations in LA and, and possibly as far as the Bay Area, just depending on customer demand. But the idea is it'll be $1,250 a week 
to fly over traffic into these smaller uh, airports and not have to deal with uh, with the L.A. freeway backups that are inevitable. Hmm. Is, so what you know, it's kind of what is your time worth? So for these people that have got these very lengthy, long commutes, um, is twelve hundred fifty dollars a week make sense? Maybe uh, you know, it may be. Yeah, it very well could be versus spending four or five hours sitting in in rush hour traffic. But they're using uh, Grand Caravans. They're not using helicopters. Yep. Nope. So this a helicopter be would be thing. way more expensive, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah, I would say probably four to five times as expensive for yeah. the distances that they're looking at being able to travel. So do you know, are they doing like regular service? Like every 15 minutes, they got a Grand Caravan uh, taken off or something and they can work it into their schedule or do we know yet? Right now that they're doing it more based on customer demand. Um, they're even, uh, going to be determining the routes, uh, based on, you know, who's signing up and where they need to go. So a lot of this is going to be ironed out, uh, over the next, you know, couple months. Yeah. Well, you go to your boss, if you work in California and say, Hey boss, I need a raise or you need to put a new perk into the gig right here. So I don't have to drive through this nightmarish traffic. I'll be way more productive and happy. That's what you want as a good doobie little employee. Just something to think about. Maybe a gift for the holidays. No, it beats spending 64 hours a year stuck in traffic. True. Coming up, what do student pilots do better than seasoned pilots? We find out next on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up. You want to hit back? We're going to have to wingsuit in. It's the only way to get close. I can't promise anyone a ride home, but if you're with me, the world needs you now. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. And so uh, a lot of stuff has been going on in your family as far as, uh, you know, expanding their education and uh, training capability. Now, over the last few uh, months, you've become a CFI yourself, Dennis. But but, but your son, Austin, has also started to uh, move up the ranks and... And uh, well, he's going where again? What what college? Minnesota State University in Mankato. Okay, so he is, uh, and he's studying like aviation and stuff, right? Yep, he's going. He's on a professional aviation uh, curriculum, four year degree with uh, all of the flight training that goes with that too. Okay, so now you have instructed me uh, right before, well, during the commercial break, you said, "Hey, Austin uh, is now getting his twin CFI." He's- Basically, yes, it's called the multi-engine instructor, but yes, it's a CFI, um, but and specifically for multi-engine. So he uh, he took his check ride, or at least got started on it, and uh, got through the oral portion, so the fundamentals of instruction and all of the system stuff. And unfortunately, the weather started to turn bad later in the day, so he's going to have to go back next week and do the flying portion. But he is almost a CFI. Mm, interesting. Now, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, or I don't know, I lost track. Uh, I remember having this conversation with Austin that he started his process 
to become a certified pilot and challenge me like, hey, I'm going to beat you. And at the time, I said, yeah, maybe. But I, I really didn't take into account that he was actually going to become a flight instructor and then end up teaching me. Yeah, kind of funny how that comes full circle, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and, I'm and just taking my time, you know? Well, I'm enjoying the process. Yeah, and we, maybe you're enjoying it too much. I mean, Austin has been, you know, progressing very steadily. In, in fact, the examiner that's doing his check ride is the same guy that signed him off for his private pilot license three years ago. Uh-huh. So again, he's gone full circle. So mm-hmm. this guy came to him as a lowly little private pilot, and, and now he's uh, judging his abilities to teach other private pilots. So mm-hmm. it's it's really fun watching it. And, you know, being a CFI now, not just his dad, was really kind of fun for me because we sat down here the weekend before his check ride and went over, you know, the fundamentals of instruction and all this kind of stuff that he was going to get drilled on in the oral. And it was, I was really proud, not just as a parent, but as a, as an instructor of how good he's prepared for this stuff. Hmm. The school, their curriculum, their instructors have done a great job of preparing for him. And, and for me to be able to review with him and have him, you know, not be stumped and come back with the answers and be able to convey that in a way that you can understand I mean, that's the whole point of becoming instructors, being able to bring yeah. the, you know, present the information in a way that they can, uh, they can learn from it. And he's, he's going to be fantastic. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, present it in a way that people like me can digest it. Cause well, you know, people ask, why is it taking you so long? Well, I had to have my flight instructor conceived first and let him grow up to a certain point. Oh boy. Well, you know, and you've known Austin since he was what, about six years old. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. first time we met you in Chicago at our world underwater, he was, you know, I think he was probably six, seven years old at the time. So right. you, you've known him for quite a while. And so yeah. it will be really funny if he does wind up uh, giving you lessons in the airplane. Yeah, I think it could happen. And you know what? I wouldn't be ashamed because we have some, uh, well, some data that says uh, actually student pilots like myself that are constantly in training or perpetual flight students are sometimes uh, they, they perform better than seasoned pilots. So maybe that's my excuse that I'll stick with for now. Well, I, I'm going to say the first, the, the first thing that they do well is that they take their time. Now, yeah. I think from a student pilot, ding, we're ding, talking, ding, you know, ding, taking ding. I got a one. lot, you know, being a little more thorough on a, uh, a pre-flight or on their lesson prep, things like that. In your case, though, we're measuring this in years. Right. And your point is? No, I'm just making a point. I'm okay. just commenting. All right. Let's just leave it Leave it there. Yeah. All right. But, but sure no, there's the- can form their own opinion. <laughs> but there's six things that they have narrowed down according to this latest article that you've seen that show that student pilots perform better than seasoned pilots. How exactly? Well, the first one we said was taking their time. And right. they do. They tend to be very thorough on things and they don't try to rush in it because it's all new to them. And they're nervous. Um, yeah. Potentially, yes, especially those first few flights. You sure. know, you're still getting to know the airplane and flying and the instructor, and it's just everything is new and different. Yeah, okay. So the complacency issue is what uh, uh, comes into effect here, it sounds like, for that. But what are the other five? So they, they're really good about asking questions. And okay. uh, I think you could agree with that because a lot of this stuff is new to them. They don't mm-hmm. have a common frame of reference. You know, It's not like getting in your car. It's very different when it comes to flying. There's different rules, different things you have to do. So 
they're very, uh, very good about asking questions when they don't understand something. Okay. As opposed to us, uh, old farts that will, you know, ah, I know this, I'm just going to go do it. Right. You know, it may not be right. Okay. So they're a little bit more open to the idea like, Hey, I got to learn this. I'll ask what I need to know. So I feel more comfortable once again, alleviating some of that, uh, nervous, nervousness of, of being a new pilot. I get that. All right. What's uh, yep. number three? Oh, they follow procedures. Hmm. And think about that. You know, you, you give them a pre-flight checklist, they're going to use it and they're going to go step by step and not miss anything. Right. Um, you know, if you tell them, I need you to, you know, do this, then that they're going to do this and that they're not, well, this is how I used to do it. And I'm just going to do that, you know, kind of yeah. that whole process, or I don't need to do this. I, I know better. I'll just, uh, I'll do my own pre-flight. I'll just walk around. Yep. Two tires, two wings, right. props still there. They're good. Okay. So the student pilots are more receptive to the instructor's, uh, instructions. They, right. Like you tell them what to do, they'll do it as opposed to a seasoned pilot. Like, yeah, like you said. I've done it a million times. Why well, do it like this? Let me get that. It will be covered and that kind of thing. And that can create uh, some issues. I got it. All right. Number four of six. They actually calculate the numbers. What? I thought yes. That, that's what you know, when's the last for? time you've seen a private pilot actually get out their uh, manuals and calculate their takeoff and landing distances and what their weight and balance is. They're supposed to do it on every flight. And yeah. They should do it on every flight. And Four flight makes it really hard for you not to do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you ask the average private pilot, if they, you know, what's your takeoff distance as you're about to roll onto the runway, I bet they couldn't answer it. Uh, about this. But I bet yay you, far, you know. No, I, I, I use this runway all the time. It's never a problem. I got three people in the plane. We're, we're fine. Mm. But a student pilot is learning how all this works. Their instructors are trying to teach them. And so the instructors will, you know, tell them, hey, I, I need you to calculate takeoff landing distances and your weight and balance and all that before we go head out to the plane. And they do that so that they learn the skills. And so those pilots are more likely to be doing that and calculating the numbers every time. Got it. And what else did you see on this uh, list of things that make student pilots better than seasoned pilots? Well, they actually do a pre-flight. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people that have been flying for a long time just, you know, they they kind of make a show of it. Yeah, walk around the plane, wiggle the ailerons, and check your uh, check your oil and go. But a student pilot is going to take a half hour or more to go through and check the stall horn and check all of the drains and you know check every single piece and check it thoroughly because that's what they've been taught to do and they've got the checklist in their hand and they they follow the procedures for their pre-flight as well as for, you know, whatever the lesson is. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to find that those student pilots are very thorough. Got it. Was that it or was there something else? Nope. There's uh, one wrap I think, up. Oh, overall, all this is, is, uh, you know, student pilots are more nervous. So they're going to fall. They're going to go by the book. Whereas your seasoned pilots get comfortable, complacent. And, uh, you know, we know the old saying, uh, you got old pilots, you got bold pilots, but you don't have old, bold pilots. That's kind of that thing a little bit. And that's where it comes from. Yeah. The complacency uh, issue. So, yeah, I mean, most of those, uh, accidents or incidents that we hear about aren't usually with student pilots, correct? I mean, the correct. stats bear this out that, uh, it's the complacency and getting comfortable with your, uh, skills that ends up putting you in trouble and you forgot some stupid little, checklist item and then next thing you know uh you're having an incident that you got to file a report with the faa so just something to keep in mind you know it's a constant uh, reminder uh that uh everybody needs to heed i think 
even you as a CFI, right, Dennis? I, I hope so. And, you know, the last thing that the student pilots do really well is yeah. accept constructive criticism. And I would hope that their CFIs would do the same as well. Because if I'm telling my student what they did well or what they need to work on, I hope that they have the confidence to be able to come back to me and say, you know, you could have done this a little bit better for me. And so I think that would help me too. All right. So if I want to complain to you as my CFI, you'll take it. And I'll file it appropriately. Oh, God. I'm not sure you heard what we just talked about for the last 10 minutes. What the hell's wrong with you? Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. If you build an airplane and people are afraid of anything that flies, you can't just take the wings off of it because at that point, all you're left with is a really slow, super expensive bus. We built an airplane. We gotta fly it. Airplane, airplane, don't you go down today. Take me away, off to a better place, you know, just where I'd like to go. Please get me there real soon, I've been This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right, so despite the fact that Captain Dennis came down to Orlando last week and brought the weather with him, 
Uh, he left and took it back up there with him too. Thank God, because it's warm back up, uh, back up here in uh, in O Town. And you know, hopefully, with that in a little time, I'll be back to my old self next week. And that sexy voice you're hearing right now is going to go away. <laughs> did I did I just make it awkward for you, Dennis? Is that what it was? Just a bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's why I'm here. All right. Anyway, uh, you went back up there. And obviously, uh, reality hit because uh, the weather sucks again <laughs> up in Minnesota. I assume, right? Yes, snow on uh, the ground or what? No, actually, we don't. It uh, it did warm up after I came home, so oh, I must it did. drag some of your heat back because we don't have any on the ground, and we uh, we only got rain the other day instead of snow, so that was mm. kind of nice. All but, right, but it's coming. It is definitely and- coming. And uh, there's some things you need to take into account for your aircraft, whether you have a Mooney 201 like Dennis or any other aircraft up in that neck of the woods uh, where it's cooled off for, uh, you know, a good portion of the country. And and, and some of those uh, tips we're going to share now, right? Right. Well, one of the things I just wanted to remind pilots is, you know, as those temperatures drop, the humidity is still up relatively high. And those are uh, prime conditions for carburetor icing. So mm. if you have an airplane that's got a carburetor, you need to just remind yourself, you may not have seen any problems all summer long. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, you might have an issue where you're losing engine power because your carb is icing up. So, you know, make sure that your carburetor heater works. So when you are uh, doing your run up that you are checking and make sure you get a temperature drop. And if not, have your mechanic look at it because you may need that some uh, one afternoon when you don't expect it. Yeah. So and, uh, the reason I bring this up is the, uh, the FAA safety team here in Minnesota has seen a uptick recently in carburetor icing related, uh, you know, power, uh, failures. So, uh, I just thought to pass that little tip on just as a reminder to everybody that just because it's getting cold, doesn't mean you have to stop flying. But, uh, when you are just be, just be vigilant. Your engine will tell you if there's something wrong and that's what that all carburetor heat knobs for well of course and is there a there's a new acronym they're using in this regard there is um because taxiing around on a bare pavement uh taxiways and runways is is pretty simple but throw some ice and snow and some wind in and things change dramatically and so they're they uh they've come up with a new acronym called spare and if you spare a couple minutes it'll make your winter operations a lot safer and less likely to inadvertently uh uh create a runway incursion or or damage your airplane hmm. and so where where the spare comes in is uh speed when you're taxiing around on a snowy icy ramp you don't need to go at full speed go slow slow and steady it'll give you more time to stop the plane if it does start to slip um and also less likely for you to lose control because you're going at a slower speed okay. um, purpose you know, be thinking about where you're going what turns you're going to make again pull out the ipad Pull up the latest taxi chart. Make sure you know where you're going so you're not having to slam on the brakes at the last second to make a turnoff because all of those things uh, may not happen as well on a snowy, contaminated runway. Right. Um, keep in mind aerodynamics. Uh, so when you're coming into land and normally you jam on those brakes and make that first turnoff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've got a little bit of contamination on the runway, uh, it probably makes a lot more sense to stay off the brakes Keep the yoke full back so that you're taking full advantage of aerodynamic braking as much as possible to slow you down before you need to start applying those brakes where you could be slipping and sliding. Mm-hmm. Also, keep in mind your controls. You know, if you've got a crosswind, you want to make sure you've got your ailerons into that crosswind to compensate 
Uh, cause a lot of people get lazy as soon as those wheels touch down, they relax the pressure on the yoke and the wind catches them and, and they're busy playing with the brakes and the steering wheel trying to, you know, regain that control where if they would have just held the control inputs into the flare, um, they would have tracked straight down the runway and it would not have been an issue. Got it. And that brings us to R. Yeah. Right? For runway. So keep in mind, uh, when you have snow events, they're going to get out and plow the runway and the taxiways. And when you are in the pattern and looking down and you've got two runways in front of you, is it really a runway or is it a runway and taxiway? Make sure that you're landing on the correct surface. <laughs> uh, for airports that have multiple runways, you might very easily confuse a plowed taxiway and a runway as being two separate runways instead of uh, uh, landing properly on the assigned runway you might think it is. Uh, incorrect, you know, you'll incorrectly line up on a, t- on the taxiway. It's happened before it's happened in clear weather too. Just ask Harrison Ford, right? Yeah. Good point. And then the final, uh, you know, letter is E for spare. And that would be for what? For the equipment on your airplane. And, uh, what we're specifically talking about is like on a Cessna 172, that's got those nice wheel pants that give you the extra couple knots of airspeed. But in the winter, those wheel pants can actually hold snow and ice and cause your brakes to freeze up or the wheels not to turn uh, well because you're cruising around in the air with a bunch of uh, wet snow that suddenly now froze. Mm-hmm. So when you go to land, you're landing on a wheel that's not rolling and you're suddenly going to be uh, making a little uh, turn to the taxi lights or something. So Now, are clogged they, wheel wells like that, um, uh, is that a good excuse when you have a rough landing? Like, oh, I'm just trying to clear the ice and snow off my wheels, kind of like that uh, commercial flight that you uh, landed with. Well, back, uh, I, back I would home, say right? that you could use any excuse possible because, uh, yes, as you mentioned, uh, the commercial flight that I was just on the other day was a, a rather firm arrival back into LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just went up to the cockpit to say hi to the pilots just because, you know, hey, my son's going to be joining their ranks at some point here. And, right. And I just, just innocently asked, hey, whose leg was it? And they pointed at each other. Neither uh-huh. one of them wanted to accept the uh, blame for that one. Mm-hmm. But they uh, both smiled. And then yes, said, they, they bye bye. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to look out for the other guy or blame him. Well, whatever works for you. And on that note, we'll wrap it up till next time. Remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I snooze. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com.